Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Dad. Would you like to connect better with your kids? Do you know what your child's school day is really like? Do you think school is the same as it was when we were in school? Now, there's a national program that can answer these questions for you. Dads of Great Students, also known as Watchdogs, is the father involvement initiative of the National Center for Fathering. Dads now have the opportunity to be a part of their child's school day in a guy-oriented format. For as little as just one day per school year, Watchdog Dads complete a challenging schedule which includes helping with student arrivals, working in the classroom, lunchroom, gym, and on the playground. At the end of the day, you're worn out, but you have a great sense of accomplishment. You know that you've made a positive change in your school for your own children and even children who don't have a dad at home. For more information, ask your principal to check out www.fathers.com slash watchdogs or call 888-540-DOGS. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Watchdogs Radio. This is Volume 2, Episode 8, and we are continuing to roll along with the Watchdogs Radio program, getting the word out. And it has been amazing the number of people who have listened on podcasts. And uh, we would like to invite you, if you have questions, you're listening on the on-demand version of Blog Talk Radio, we would like to invite you to uh, participate in the program as well. Join us on Tuesdays at uh, 12.30 p.m. Central Time with an occasional rollback to a Monday. Uh, and when that happens, of course, we want to get it in, uh, up on podcast for you so that it's ready for you by Tuesday. But uh, please feel free to uh, give us a call at our national office uh, anytime at 888-540-DOGS. That's 888-540-3647. Well, it has been another amazing week in the Watchdogs world. Uh, I had a chance to go up to uh, the uh, the balmy three-degree weather of Madison, Wisconsin, and uh, meet some wonderful people with the Wisconsin School Counselors Association. We had a, a great workshop there, had some schools that were uh, were anxious, uh, ready to uh, get dads involved, and uh, and it was an opportunity to me, for me to realize that I don't own a winter coat, and, uh, and I actually had to make something up to, uh, to be able to keep from freezing up there, but... Uh, I, I tell you, bless you folks up there who put up with that weather, and, and uh, I'm sitting here looking at uh, a little bit of rain here in Atlanta, and uh, I have a good friend on the line who might have a little bit of a snow forecast for us. Eric, you on the line out in uh, Yeah, I am actually. Uh, Kansas City last night got another six inches, uh, I think, uh, is what I've heard. Our son lives there. We live about 110 miles south of there, still in Kansas, and we received about six inches, but uh good thing is it's well above freezing and the roads are pretty passable, and I've got an early flight in the morning. I'm heading down to a uh, school safety conference in Florida in Miami, so if I can just make it out of here, I've got that carrot dangling out in front of me, so I'm looking forward to that. Exactly, and well, that was the one thing that I was so thankful when I was up in Wisconsin that was that the roads were clear. Uh, That's they, right. Well, they know how to handle it up there. See, in those places like Wisconsin where they get snow regularly, they're professionals, you know. And so, you know, Wisconsin and Colorado and those states, they know how to handle it. In Kansas, we lose our minds when you get two inches of snow on the road. We just don't learn from year to year. There's a retraining, and uh, the body shops are the ones that benefit. So, I'll tell you, and, and I'm sure you can't find a loaf of bread, a, a gallon of milk, or a dozen eggs anywhere in uh, the Midwest right now. 
I know I can't understand what snow why snow makes people hungry for milk and eggs and bread, but it seems to, right? It eats the winter souffle. That's the only thing I can figure. Uh, They're making French toast, obviously, I guess. Exactly. Well, Eric, the, uh, what we were talking about today, we have ventured through the entire seven steps to success. And, and what I continually see on the Facebook page, um, new people joining our Facebook group and, and wanting to know, and the question that we see over and over again is the same question that we've seen, uh, regardless of Facebook or phone or whatever is, you know, this is a great program, how do I get started? And, and we've been able to uh, go through and talk about the seven steps that make the program successful. I just had a gentleman uh, on, on there today, hey, do you have any suggestions? Yeah, follow the seven steps, refer to your implementation guide, and you will be successful. Uh, Eric, you, you kind of agree with me as we're, as we're traveling through these seven steps. Yeah, absolutely, and, and, and that's the good thing about it is that there are no new questions with watchdogs. We've done this long enough that we, you know, it's kind of hard for you to accept uh, the responsibility of being an expert in something. I found that with people who generally they want to be a little humble and say, oh, well, you know, but, you know, we, we have just accepted that responsibility that we are experts in this program because we have done it enough, and, and, and the, the way that we came about this information was by working with a lot of schools early on in the first four, five, even six years into this program, we had a lot of school partnerships where principals and teachers and school counselors gave us great feedback. We formalized that into the program, and we continue to make improvements based on the feedback from our schools. And so what happens when a school brings this program on is they look at it and they say, wow, this looks like something that was put together by a school. Well, in fact, it was. Uh, so the good thing is when somebody comes to us and says, well, I've got this problem you know, with implementing this program, we know because we've dealt with many other schools that have the same issue, and we have an answer for that. So we kind of like it. We kind of challenge schools to try to trip us up with something new, and they just can't do it. So what we boiled it down into was the seven step to start the program, and when a school comes to us, we can walk them through this process. There's only two things, and I'll just remind everybody listening, that we require a school to do to be a watchdog school. Number one is to take the training. Even if you've listened to all seven of these podcasts and, and you've heard the seven steps, you still have to take the training. You can take that live at one of our conferences, or you can uh, go to our website, fathers.com uh, forward slash watchdogs. About halfway down the page, you'll see a place that says training conference call. You click on that. You sign up uh, for the time that you choose, and then you dial in. We give you some information via email, and you participate in this 40-minute training. Once you do that, uh, then you're entitled and authorized to purchase a startup kit. So that's how we walk you through it. But the things that we've got to stand, I'll just recap. The first thing that we've told you to do is to start with your principal, get that administrative buy-in. We tell you how to get your principal on board and make sure that he or she understands that they're in control of this program and that the benefits to them are numerous. The second will show you how to encourage your principal to get the faculty buy-in. And we talked about the benefits to the teachers and kind of help get them on board. And we talked about the top dog coordinator and team and the role that they have and who makes up that top dog coordinator and team, how to get them on board and the role that they play in the success of this program. We talked to you about the daily schedule, how to keep these guys busy and keep them engaged actually in the hallways, in the classroom, in the playground, in the lunchroom, and do that in ways that are fun, that contribute to the overall educational process and to school safety and ultimately, you know, the educational environment. We talked about the watchdog uniform, how, you know, it may seem like a small thing, but the actual importance of having those guys in those uniforms, those T-shirts, and having them easily identifiable and, and what that means to those guys when they put that on. We talked about step number six, the two launch events that you'll have every year. 
Uh, we have schools launching right now. In fact, I just looked since last week, we had 2,685 active schools, and as of today, we have 2,729. Now, we had those schools in the pipeline, and we knew that they were going to be launching, but that's like 45 schools that launched in the last week. We have schools literally launching every week of the school year, so we talked about I know one of them very well. You do, yeah. Well, that, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you do. You just did one, didn't you? I did. Uh, my, my own daughter's uh, middle school. We, uh, That's we excellent. You guys did that two weeks ago or last week? We uh, Actually, we launched on it was the 19th, and we had a, a great response. As a matter of fact, I just emailed the math teacher and uh, asked her about having watchdogs to participate in Pi Day on, uh, on 314. We're, we're going to do a little, uh, it's going to be a September, we're going to do a little special thing with her, too. But the excitement is there, and it's just, you know, now, of course, we're going to go into our regular rotation of doing another pizza night in the fall, donuts this time of year, and then into that regular rotation. That's right. And so, you know, you've got those two launch events every year. We talked about that and how it's, you know, never too late to launch. And many schools do right up until the end of school so they can be ready for the next year. And then we talked about step number seven, the commitment by the fathers. And so that brings us to today, which is a real simple concept, but it's looping those seven steps, right? When the guys come in, they're, they're ready to participate. You've built your seven steps. Now we've got to continue continually move that, and that's going to be having the materials available when the guys come in, the team, keeping your team good and solid. And the thing that this time of year we look at, and even PTAs are already looking at this, part of their regular yearly progression is this time of year from here out to the end of the school year, you need to be looking at who is going to be your top dog team next year. You don't want to start at the beginning of the school year and say, oh, who's going to do it this year? You want to have your plan already in place already moving forward to that first day of school, you're already up and running. So that's your team. And then the commitment, once again, keeping the guys going, keeping them understanding that this is a network among the guys in the community. And you see so many things, the projects that go on, the pie days, the, the, the barbecues that happen outside of it, the watchdogs that come in and serve as uh, parking coordinators to your PTA events, so many other things. Of course, we're going to have a show coming up here uh, within the next few weeks. I'm putting it together. don't know which uh, exact one we're going to place it at. But we're going to talk about special events that watchdog groups put on, like the, the Texas Toros and the San Antonio Spurs and the Atlanta Braves and, and some of the golf events that, that go on in Washington, and about how to keep that energy going and to keep the watchdogs program with the, the power and the energy that you see in your first few years to regenerate and to keep that going. And we've seen this, you know, throughout the country. And I'm just, I'm, I want to have a, a big party when we open that 3,000 school. You got a plan going for that yet, Eric? <laughs> no, and, and it's going to be one of the things we're going to have to be real careful as we get closer to make sure that we uh, we credit the proper school because a lot of these come to us, you know, we in, in batches, meaning that we, we've been watching them. We know that they took the training. We have the dates and who attended. We know that they purchased the kit. We have the dates and when it was shipped, and then we leave them in that pre-launch mode until they indicate back to us, you know, either via phone call or email that they've actually launched the program in their school. So a lot of times we'll get these emails like, five or six at a time that say, hey, we had our launch event last night and we switch them all over to active. So as we get closer to that 3,000, it's going to be pretty close between whose uh, number 
you know, 2,998 and who's mm-hmm. 3,000. You know, no, we, we may just have a private celebration in the office, sit back and, and make a bag of popcorn and drink a Coke and, you know, relax for a little while and just kind of, you know, get right back to work. I don't know, but it'll, it'll be great when we do. I'll tell you this, the funny thing about it is you, know, you talked about these innovative things that these schools come up with, and they really do with these events, and I'm glad you're going to be doing a, a, a radio show highlighting some of those wonderful things. But, you know, along with that new stuff, what we want the schools to know, like I re- uh, referenced earlier, is that uh, it's hard to trip us up with something that, that uh, as far as a question regarding the program. So we love the innovative stuff, and schools are always sharing that with us. But at the same time, when a school comes on board and, and they've had the program for a couple of years and they call our office and talk to one of our program developers and they say, you know, it's just dropped off. We just, you know, we had so many guys the first couple of years. We had 90 or 110 guys that came in and volunteered, and this year we just don't have that excitement. And our, our program developers are trained to go back and walk them through these seven steps. And we don't usually have to get very far into the seven steps before we find out where their problem was or where it, it developed and so many times it's like this. We'll say, well, now tell us about your principal, you know. Well, we changed principles. Uh, well, that could be a huge deal. If a school had a principal that was 100% on board and that principal left, it doesn't mean that the new principal is not going to be on board, but it just means that you've got some work there to do. That principal needs to discover this program just like your other principal had the opportunity to. So if you haven't addressed that, that could be uh, one of the issues. Many times we'll say, well, tell us about your launch event. Oh, well, what we did was this year, well, tell us about your first one. Well, we had the launch event. We had a one-hour event. We really promoted it, and we had 200 dads and kids, and we had enough guys to sign that calendar, you know, that first year that filled out all of our days. Well, how about this last year? Well, yeah, uh, we combined it with our open house. And if it was a game show, you'd get the buzzer, right? That's the wrong answer. So, right, and so we just can't. Uh, really emphasize enough how important, and that's what this loop to seven is, that you really understand steps one through seven. And you can call and take that training call as many times as you want as a refresher, and many schools do. They'll get a new top dog coordinator or they'll get a new principal. They'll sign back up. They'll hear that training call. They'll pull back out that implementation guide. They'll reread it, and they'll understand that if my excitement or enthusiasm has dropped off on this program, and it's it's something that we've done that can be undone, but it's something we've done that's allowed that to happen, and let's just fix it. Well, actually, the, since you mentioned the implementation guys, I have uh, I even several months ago I launched a uh, a question on our Facebook page that said, you know, when is the last time you looked at your implementation guide? And, and the options were, you know, when it came in. Uh, once a week, I refer to it regularly, or what's an implementation guide? And, you know, several people said, you know, when we got it or when when we first started the program, that guide is designed for you to be able to go back on a regular basis. So if you don't know where your implementation guide is, that might be part of the problem. If you right. go <laughs> our earlier schools before we even had the implementation guide, and I have actually run into a few of those. I mean, we're, we're talking to folks that have been around for quite a while. Give us a call and get one. And, and that will, you know, open the door to a lot of things, questions that you might have as well as, you know, one, 
very easily, give us a call right now at the uh, National Office in Springdale at that 888-540-DOGS. Did I get my eight out quickly enough there? The, the implementation guide, you know, once again, it is a lot of work has gone into it over the last 14 years. It is available in both English and Spanish. We can, uh, it gives you the chance to just go back and answer those questions and say, oh, yeah, you know, have that, uh, that, that moment of, you know, refreshing your memory and, and saying, oh, that's right. You know, that was one thing that we, that we missed. Also, if you have a change in administration, encourage them to give us a call and, and be a part of that training because it's nice they walk in, they see the program, but they may not understand how important their role is and how important their support of the program is until they get a chance to, to go through that training. And one of the things that, that you had referenced uh, earlier, Eric, is that when I have the opportunity to do a live training, uh, I've been using that opportunity to say, you know, I know you're sitting here with some questions about your school. My school is different. My school has this. My school has something else. We have this person. We have that person. We've done already this. We've already answered all those questions at some point in this 14 years. So the question that you have right now, that you're thinking about right this second, as you're listening to this program, will it work in my school? The answer is yes. And if you have a specific question, give us a call and we can talk about how it's been worked through before. Just like Eric said, it's been 14 years. The phone's ring off the hook. It's really hard for me or for Eric, and I guess I'm speaking for you here, Eric, but it's hard for us to imagine that there would be a question over 3,000 schools that, uh, nearly 3,000 schools that has not already been answered. So the answer is yes, you can do it in your school. It's easy, it's fairly inexpensive. I've, I've mentioned several times that when the guys in the community realize what you're doing and that you're opening the doors to them, the minor expensive startup kit is usually covered by the cost of the guys just ponying up out of their pockets. And that's the only required expense. You know, obviously there's, there's plenty of resources that are still available, but that's the only thing that we require of you is the training and the kit, and you're off and running. And, and yeah. you see the results like you've seen in the, the Today Show. Eric, I haven't had a chance to talk to you on the air since the Today Show spot and or since the, the National Mail Engagement Conference, since you've been uh, busy the, the last two weeks since we've had those conferences. And, and first of all, just from your perspective as a member of the National PCA Board, can you kind of give us the feeling that came out of the Mail Engagement Conference in Kansas City? I can. Well, we can give you the feeling and also the data. When we left, it was just apparent that everyone that attended, and we had men and women there from all over the country. Many of them were state-level PTA leaders in mail engagement or in their membership or uh, as president. And, again, we had men and women there from all over the country represented. And as everyone was leaving, just the, the short period of time we had to, to get together and to train and to share information, I could just – there was a euphoria literally in the air and, and old friendships that were, you know, rekindled and, and reinforced and new friendships that were formed. But at the end, PTA is so professional in what they do and they wanted to gather the data and they did surveys of everyone that attended and uh, the survey results were just off the hook. Yeah, everyone, you know, loved the workshop and we were, the tendency when you go to a, a workshop many times is either to be entertained or to be bored and, and we wanted to entertain them but we really wanted to educate them and we wanted people wanted to come in and if they're going to spend this money to come into this conference they wanted tools to take back to their school to increase mail engagement 
and also it's very important to us that they utilize that new male presence to increase their PTA membership, and, and we gave them the tools to do that. And so the, the survey results from the uh, people that attended bear that out, that they really felt like they were given the, the proper tools and support to do it. It was great. It was the first, we hope, of many to come. We had we had the ideal of having it very small in that sense, a day and a half worth, coming in on Friday night, leaving at noon on, on Sunday. But we had uh, some great workshops that were scheduled so that everyone that attended got to hear everything. We were a sellout with 110 attendees. We didn't want to have it used. The next one may be bigger, but we had a very select group that we were after to bring in, and it was just absolutely fabulous. We ended that on a, uh, a Sunday on the 10th, and then the very next day on the 11th of uh, February, we uh, were on the Today Show, so it was quite a weekend for us, and that was something we had taken back in January and uh, a few schools in Martinsburg, West Virginia. It was phenomenal. Well, I, I think I watch that thing on a, almost a daily basis just because I, the, the power of that piece was just so great. Um, I had the opportunity to be interviewed uh, with on the uh, Better Dad podcast, which is a couple of great guys out of Goshen, Indiana, who are uh, doing some, some fine work. But uh, one of the things that they asked me during the podcast was about the Today show um, how it came together and uh, and how we were able to to function with them. Could you cover that? Real? I gave them the little information I had to talk. Uh, yeah. It was, but uh, also, can you kind of talk about how that came together and, and where we went with it? Yeah, it's kind of funny because of course at that mail engagement conference, you know, we hadn't told anybody that, that we were on because we had actually recorded it back in the early part of January, and, and it took them, you know, about four weeks to get it in line for what they were doing. That's about how far the day show, I guess, works on, on some of their stories. Some of them they have to respond to immediately, but we kind of set on this for about a month, and we'd actually been working on it since last October. We were contacted by them, but during that mail engagement conference, we had some folks from the Department of Education there, and, and one of the ladies, when I told her about it, she said, oh, my gosh, do you all have a, a PR firm? How did, how did him said, no, we don't have a public relations firm. And she looked at me and she goes, how did you get on the Today Show? You know, there are a lot of high-dollar PR firms that work and work to get their clients on something like the Today Show. And I said, well, they called us. And uh, it was kind of wild. They actually, back in October, I think, either emailed or called our office first and, and got a hold of our uh, senior program developer, Chris Dannenhauer. And I was actually traveling in from out of the country at the time. And so when I landed, I think, in Atlanta, switched my phone on and my uh, email blew up. And he was trying to get a hold of me. And so they just said they had you know, heard about the story. And actually, it, during the process of making it, I, I was out there and actually you know, met uh, the producer that was responsible for putting it together and I asked Rob and I said how did you guys find out about us and she said well Matt wanted to do a story he wanted his PSA to be on mail engagement and so I gave it to an intern to find us an organization that was working in mail engagement and she said I, I'd never heard of you guys but I had in my mind some sort of a program that would be like an outward bound program for dads and kids that actually had them doing things together and she said that just actually seemed better to me than anything else if you actually had them interacting in something together and she said the intern came back with this watchdogs program where you actually got these guys in the school and i thought that's too good to be true and she said the more that we researched you all the better it actually was than what we thought it was in the first place so uh the program sold itself and I want to tell you this about that story, Keith. Don't let me run too close on time, but I want to tell you something real quickly. The production team that came to Martinsburg, West Virginia, they had a pretty 
significant size crew of uh, camera and sound and people and, and production staff. And there was, you know, half a dozen folks with a lot of equipment. They were all men except for the producer, Robin. And the day that they did the taping, I saw a change in these guys that came in from the Today Show to do this. And I saw them start to respond to these men that were on that story in a way that didn't really seem typical because these guys have to do probably hundreds of these stories in a year. And I saw them really making it a point to leave what they were doing at the end of this taping and shake hands with these guys and have conversations with them. I could tell that they were moved by their stories. What I found out uh, just a short time after that was that this was the, the same crew that went on behalf of the Today Show to Connecticut the day after that shooting. And so what they saw was absolutely the worst thing that could come to a school. And just a few weeks later, they had the opportunity to share in something that was one of the best things that could come to a school. And you could tell that it really touched them in a way. And so um, I think that the personal impact that it had on them came across in the story. I've, we've had a lot of press on the Watchdog program, and I have never seen the spirit of the program captured better than what the Today Show did. I, I agree. that uh, I think that story alone, I'm sure, is going to uh, find its way into our training element. And uh, it really shows what the program is about. And I think I mentioned to you that um, you know, I promoted the program in the uh, middle school and showed that video. And you could see it in the faces of the kids, the middle school kids, as they were watching it. And, and I understood, you know, exactly where we were going with it. And, and, and that was, you know, obviously part of the success that they understood, you know, how to have, have that daddy in your life and, and to, be, to be a part of that. Since we're going uh, so well here, uh, we're going to be losing our feet here in about a minute. So I'm going to close out, but, uh, but I think we can, since most of our listeners are on podcast anyway, we could probably roll over a little bit. Just to mention our listeners, uh, we have had over the last two weeks, we've had over 1,400 downloads of our radio show in the last two weeks per week. Um, the 1423 is the count on the, the, uh, the last show, the uh, commitment of the fathers. So we are getting a following. Folks, let us know where you're at. Let us know what's going on. Uh, while you're listening to the program, click on that follow link on your Blog Talk radio so we can have an idea of what's going on. You can give us an email. We will address your questions on the air uh, in future programs if you email watchdogs at fathers.com. Uh, very simple to remember. That can be forwarded on to, uh, to myself or to Chris or to Eric, and we can address your questions on the uh, we're going to be closing out on the live feed here. Just remember, the only schools that don't have a watchdogs program are the ones that don't know enough about it. Thanks for joining us, but those of you who are listening on podcast, stay with us. Okay, now we're in the recorded end of it. Uh, Eric, is there anything uh, that you wanted to, since I kind of cut you off, is there anything you wanted to uh, move on with? No, I, I think that's fine. I just, you know, always like to bring it full circle and, and that is what the loop of seven you know is all about is just repeating those steps uh, every year material team commitment keep your uh, material on hand even after you buy the kit your school is not required to buy anything else but each year as your posters promoting the program get ratty we'd encourage you to replace those we would like you to have a new calendar for your launch event that's a big deal for those dads to be able to stand up at that 22 foot long calendar and line up and sign up during the launch event and have your wall of fame up there that's very important. So keep that material on hand. Keep those shirt order forms available. Encourage those guys to go online, get their shirts every year. The team is two 
bunch events every year. Get those guys in the room together twice a year to see each other. And also, the thing about that team part is, you know, we really want the Watchdog program to just be a vehicle to highlight the great work that the parents and the educators are doing together. You know, we call this a male engagement initiative, but by golly, if it was not for the moms, if it wasn't for the women in education, this program would be nowhere. It's mm-hmm. 90% of the time it, it is a, a mom in PTA or a woman educator, a counselor, a teacher, a school principal that brings this program to their school. So this is, we want to highlight the great work that the parents and the educators are doing uh, together. So when you have those launch events, tell those stories. Mm-hmm. Highlight the work that's being done. You know, that's what that should happen when you bring those guys in together. You know, what happened last year? How the watchdogs, you know, benefit the school? And then that last thing, that commitment part, the material team commitment is, uh, you know, make it a priority for your school. Make it one of your major initiatives and keep that commitment to keep it healthy. And if you do that, uh, you'll never fail. And, and the other thing that, uh, that we have been trying to remember to remind the uh, Top Dog teams that are putting on the Watchdogs launch events, the Donuts with Dad, the uh, Dad and Kids Pizza Night. But to be able to stand up there and say, guys, we got you in the door. Here's what we're asking. We want you to do one day a year. We want you to have a T-shirt so we can identify who you are, what you're doing, why you're here in the building. But the other thing we need you to do is, I know your wife is a member of the PTA. That's fine, but we need your membership, too. We need Grandma's membership. We need Grandpa's membership. We need... The intricate part of the school engagement is to become a member of the PTA. When you're in that school, you're doing your your daily, even if it's just a one day a year, if that's the only day you can make it, you will see so many things that you can help with in other ways, so many other resources that you may have through your job or through your church or through some other entity that you can bring into the school that you might not have been aware of until you were in there as a watchdog and until you were in there as a member of the PTA. So, you know, this, this is just a, a community outreach that, that absolutely goes full circle. And, and and we've seen it, you know, so many so many times again. Well, uh, Eric, would you like to uh, wrap it up and, and I'll uh, shut us down here. I'll tell you what, you, you said it perfectly. I, I couldn't add anything to it. We just encourage all kinds of participation from moms and dads and principals and teachers and school counselors and PTA presidents, uh, we know that the best schools are the ones that have the partnerships among all of those folks working toward the, the greatest good, which is to create the best educational environment possible for our kids. And so that's what we're here for, and that's why we partner with folks like uh, PTA and others that do the same kind of work, and uh, that's what we're all about. Well, thank you, Eric. It's, it's always fun having our little uh, play radio chats here. Uh, certainly you can go and find, uh, go to our Watchdogs Radio blog talk radio page, and there are uh, quite a few episodes that you can go back and listen to on podcasts. You can hear each of the seven steps. You can hear some of the great guests that we've had. Um, now that we have come to the end of our special series on the seven steps to success, we're going to be able to go out and bring in more guests. We're going to be, if you'd like to join us as a special guest, Give us a call. Give us an email. But um, we are going to uh, have some more special guests in, be able to talk more about how this program is reaching local schools and how you can bring it to your school. So thank you so much for joining us. Have a great week and join us again next Tuesday on Watchdogs Radio.